Hello, my name is Douglas Block. I'm an author and mental health educator. Welcome to your Depression Recovery Podcast, where each week we talk about practical tools and coping strategies for healing from depression and anxiety. This week's podcast was adapted from one of my YouTube videos. I hope you enjoy it. Well, today, after a long hiatus, we're going back to our very popular series, Back from the Brink, where I interviewed depression survivors and they show us uh, how they achieved a mental health recovery. Today's uh, guest is from my Monday night group, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hello. Andy is here because he's like me and like many of you has struggled with uh, depression. So what is your exact uh, diagnosis? My diagnosis, I have major depressive disorder, uh, anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, and panic disorder. But uh, it's probably predominantly the major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that usually is when the three of them are together. Yeah. A panic disorder can be really bad when you're having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, has there been any, any um, history of this in your family? Not like extensively. I do know that my aunt is, my current aunt is bipolar, and then I also had an aunt who died by suicide a couple years ago. Really? Mm-hmm. That is so common in the groups. Did we know that before? Maybe maybe you said it and I didn't remember, but wow. I might have mentioned it. Yeah. But yeah. It's, uh... you know, we've had brothers, sisters, fathers at the whole nine yards mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so yourself, since there's a genetic component, when, how old were you when you first realized that you might be suffering from depression? I, I, I'm not sure if I realized it. Um, my, my mom took me to like counseling or therapy when I was a young child. Um, when I was a child, I... Uh, I was kind of angry, and I would say I hate my life a lot. So um, I don't know exactly when that was. Um, but when I noticed it w- would have to be, like, later in life. Um, you know, a little bit in high school, but not a lot. And then, I guess, more recently within the past couple of years. So when you it finally kind of came to you that you didn't feel so hot, uh, what did you do about it? Uh, well, uh, at first, I, I didn't do anything. Um, Typical I, male response, right? Yeah. You know, I I bottled it up. Um, I didn't really tell anybody. The only person that really knew was my wife. Right. And uh, it wasn't the best best choice. Uh, I, I had always been going to um, a therapist, but uh, I put the good old uh, mask on a lot of the times there and would not you know, always open up about, you know, hmm. how I was. Did, did, you, did you consciously uh, try to keep it a secret for some particular reason or did you just? I I, I did. I, uh, I, I tried to keep it a secret from my family and my wife helped me uh, cover it up because, um, I don't know, the, the stigma. The stigma, right. You don't want to be seen as weak or right. incompetent, you know, something, you're a flawed or something like that. Yeah, it, um, you know, the... My family, uh, I guess, didn't understand. Um, the, my immediate family, my right. dad and right. mother and, and brother, until my aunt, so right. my mom's sister, right. Right. Uh, did what she did. So, so. so you would think they would be more empathetic and you know, give you some support if you came out and said, I'm depressed, but evidently you didn't, weren't sure that was going to happen. Uh, I wasn't sure until after like my, my aunt's passing. Um, right. and, and even then, I just didn't want to burden uh, my family oh, with yeah. another. That's very common, right? Yeah, don't, want to, don't want to be a burden to others. Okay. So you didn't treat it. You kept it hidden. Was that a successful strategy or did it kind of not really work? Uh, no, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great strategy. Um, and I didn't think through it very well. I didn't think like, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to be cured. Um, this happened last year, last winter. I had... Uh, We're talking about the winter of 2017, 2018. 
Uh, um, actually, this is 2016, 2017. Okay, okay. Yeah. So basically um, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Um, I had a surgery on my ankle. I'm an outdoors person. Oh, I couldn't yeah. move. And so, and then over Christmas, I couldn't go back to my family in Chicago. I, I had to stay here, um, in Oregon. Um, and, and I, cause I couldn't move. I couldn't do uh, a couple of things. So there was a lot of bad things happening with my job. Um, and I just fell into a spiral and, uh, kind of stayed there. I took time away from work, but you know, I'd go to therapists, but I wasn't really acknowledging that I had a problem. But you did take time away from work. I did. So, I took a leave of absence. So you, so you, someone knew or you told somebody, obviously. Uh, it was doctor mandated, yeah. But right. I, I wouldn't say I, I fought it as much as I could. So let's fast forward to the beginning of this year, 2018, mm -hmm. when I met you. Was it February? Some, sometime in the first couple of months. Yeah, February or March. And evidently things had kind of come to a head because you had just, uh, you ended up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um Sort of uh, the same situation. Um, I don't know if it's the dark. Uh, I'm fine with the rain, but uh, a lot of it had to do with my job and, and just not feeling like I could continue doing it. Um, I had some trouble with uh, my personal relationship with my wife. There was a, there was a whole stream of circumstances, and um, yeah, I actually I I ended up in the hospital for. Um, a couple of uh, suicide attempts. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you had reached out to me before then, and I it was we were going to come to the Monday group, so I called on Monday, and your wife picked up the phone. Yeah, said, "Oh, I'm I'm looking for Andy," and she said, "Well, he's in the hospital. He just had a suicide." I said, "Oh, that's great." <laughs> so then I called over. I got a hold of the social worker. I said, "He's supposed to be in group tonight," mm. and she went ahead and told you to go. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. They, uh, they didn't keep you. They said, you know, get out to a support group. Yeah. Um, and the, the interesting thing about that was, um, actually prior to, to meeting you and then talking to you, I was in the Providence, uh, behavioral health program. Oh, you were the IAP program? I didn't yeah. know that before, before I talked right. to you. So that was, but that was before the, the attempt, before you were in the hospital then. Yes. Yeah. Well, there was there was an attempt. There were two attempts. There, ah, okay. there was one that triggered me going into the behavioral health program. So I was right. hospitalized then. And then I was sent to the behavioral health program. And I realized then, like, I, I never thought I would want group support or anything like that. I was, a, you know, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Right, right. But at the behavioral health program, I realized the group support and the dynamic and the people being open and, and sharing and caring, um, that that would be something that I need. So I found, found your group. Right. So that you've just discovered, you did discover something that's been in, you know, a part of my ministry, which is to get people into community support because look what happened with AA. They started in 1935 and, mm -hmm. you know, up until then there was no cure for alcoholism. So that gave me a clue that with depression, mood disorders, like addiction, we need to be in community. So you found that out through Providence, and you've been in this group for you know nine months, and you know, you're doing really well now, from what I can tell. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what else do you think has been helping you in your recovery besides being in the group? It's usually multifaceted. Usually, people are doing many things at once. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like one thing. It's not the group. It's not right. just medication. It's not just therapy. It's a combination of all those. It's uh, it's it's also reaching out, um, right, and and accepting that like. You know, it's um, this is an illness that I have uh, that I have to learn how to manage, and uh, I think I was in denial for many, many right, years. Right. Um, I didn't want to take medication. Right. I didn't want to seek help. Uh, but now it's more. I'm more comfortable to talk about it, and right. um, 
you know, it's it's good to have the the peer support and the family support. You know, there's something called acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT. Mm -hmm. I was just interviewing my brother for my next video on chronic pain. And he said the same thing happened to him. They teach ACT to people with chronic pain. The first step is to admit you've got it and, yeah. and to stop denying it and fighting it and just say, okay, I have this condition. Now, what am I going to do and how am I going to manage it? So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's what everybody has to come to, whether it's addiction or depression or pain. They yeah. have to surrender. All right. This is what, you know, I've been dealt. Now let's, let's see what we can do. And that's what I've had to do. You've had to do people in alcoholics and honest have to do my mm -hmm. brother. So it's universal. Yeah. Anyway, any medication help during this time at all? Uh, it's usually, I find with depression, hit and miss. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, I've been uh, a carousel of uh, trying to all kinds of different stuff. Uh, I feel like a, a giant mix lab of uh, different things. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm finally on a medication for a couple months now that I think has helped. Um, Which one? It is uh, Zoloft. Yeah, right. Just one of the original SSRIs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I've tried a whole mixture of different right, things. Right. Kind of sucks when you right. have to keep trying things. But So what I would say, Andy, is, you know, from the time I met you, uh, which were you in the crisis, you know, stage, of course, mm -hmm. I would say now you're in the maintenance phase. Yeah. You're feeling pretty well, but you know from experience that, you know, depression is always you know, a potential because of your experience your your genetic history. So... You're just doing these things we talked about. You know, are you exercising with your? Did your ankle heal so you can exercise at all? Uh, the ankle is a, a chronic problem of okay. just. But I, I try to do as much as I can. I try to play sports. I try to go out hiking, biking, swimming. Obviously, can't go swimming now, but uh, you know. Oh, you could if you're a polar bear. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, they do the polar bear swim. Right. Um, that doesn't sound very pleasant right. to me, but yeah, exercising really helps. Just yeah. being physically active. The number one mood enhancer. Yeah. that I found without side effects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of mood enhancers, but they, you know, as Isaac Newton said, what goes up must come down, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so final thing. Uh, if there's a person listening or watching right now who is feeling really depressed but doesn't want to talk about it, feels ashamed, feels stigma, feels trapped, what would you say to that person to give them some hope and encouragement? Yeah, um, well, I, I know it may seem hopeless um, and impossible to get out of and, like, the day or the night or this pain will never end. Um, I've been there. That sucks. Uh, you just, you can't give up. Um, you just have to know that this will pass, this feeling. Um, and you also kind of have to accept and understand that it's, it's not going to be permanently gone forever. You can manage it and you can do it to the best of your ability and you'll just be able to uh, work on it. Uh, day in and day out, and you'll be able to recognize your symptoms, triggers, and, and deal with that in a much better, um, more responsible way. Also, don't be afraid to ask for help. I know it's hard, but yeah, it's, asking a, for it's help. a strength, not a weakness. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is that, you know, people say, oh, I mean, this person on my website said, uh, YouTube channel site said, Oh, does that mean I have depression? I'm always going to be depressed. I said, no, you can have very good quality of life mm -hmm. in between episodes. And even if you have an episode, it doesn't have to be as deep as a major depression. So, you know, we don't have to be pessimistic and think, oh, we're just going to be, you know, like you're the donkey, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you, you have a decent quality of life right now. You, you know, maybe it would be better if you weren't depressed, but all things considered, things could be a lot worse for you, for me, and for many people. Yes, things could be a lot worse. All right. Gratitude. Well, thanks for sharing your, thanks, your Douglas. 
Uh, every time we do one of these, you know, the, the watch, listeners, the viewers, you know, get some hope. Uh, yeah, wow, you know, he came out of it, maybe I can. It's really, it's really helpful to see uh, success stories from other people. This has been Douglas Block. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something from it. If you'd like to ask me any questions about what you have heard, feel free to email me at douglasblock at gmail.com. That's my first and last name, all lowercase, at gmail.com, without any dots or underscores. If you would like to learn more about my work with depression, you can visit my website, www.healingfromdepression.com, or go to my YouTube channel. Just open up YouTube and type in the words Douglas Block Depression, and my depression recovery channel should come right up. Finally, I would like to remind you that depression and anxiety are treatable conditions. It may take time to find the right therapy or combination of therapies, but if you persevere, you can achieve the healing that you seek. And until our next podcast, I wish you the best in your mental health recovery. Thank you for listening.